This is the first time. Chirp Radio's live storytelling and music series recorded at Martyrs in Chicago's North Center neighborhood. Here's your host, Jen Sodini. Chicago mu- uh, Music and Artist Institution, Steve Krakow, is up next. <laughs> AKA Plastic Crime Wave. I believe that's called a polymath, right? When you are a renowned reader, comic, illustrator, and musician, and we have like a bunch of your albums in the chirp rotation. Oh, one of the great things the chirp does, we insist on playing local music. So, yeah. <laughs> Supporting local arts and communities. Um, guys, it's a great honor. Steve Krakow, Blast a Crime Wave. All right. The honor is mine. Uh, first, I got to say I cleaned my records with tap water and toilet paper. I'm serious. None of that. I don't fuck around with that stuff. All right, um, so I want to talk about the first time I caught a buzz. That was my uh, Polly Shore voice. Buzz. Um, well, more specifically, a serious buzz. Um, let me tell you my buzz history. Uh, it's probably a lot like a lot of yours uh, histories with intoxicants. Um, junior high, wine coolers, right? Like, other parents that were cooler than yours would have a party and somebody would just give you a wine cooler or something. My parents were not even that cool. Uh, High school parties with cheap beer, kind of. College binge drinking. Come on. Everyone did that for like a year, right? I found I was really terrible at it. Vomited a lot. I'm Polish and Russian. I should be able to drink all day, but I couldn't do it. Then, sweet Mary Jane came along. Um, In those days in the 90s, you didn't have names like Green Crack and Blue Dream. You had something more called like Ohio Windowsill. (laughs) And it was like sticks and stems and maybe you got a little bit of something out of it at the end after you cleaned on your gatefold LP, of course. And then I figured out it is the 25th anniversary of my first time using LSD. 1992, there was no internet, hair metal was dying and grunge was coming in. Uh, I don't know, I can't really remember because I did a fair amount of LSD. Um, But you know, I read about it in high school, I read my Huxley, uh, but probably bigger for me was no one here gets out alive. <laughs> Come on, some of you read that one, right? Yeah. Come on. Uh, there's probably some Doors haters here. That's the story of, you know, Jim Morrison by his little sycophant, uh, Danny Sugarman. Um, a lot of people hate the Doors. It's cool. I, I, can, I think of them as like a gateway band that will maybe lead you to something better poetry-wise, you know? I, I Especially, you might find Baudelaire or, you know, Rimbo or something, you know, whatever, because of the old Jimmy I did. 
But I remember reading like, oh, you can like taste colors and like you're like, you know, see sound. I'm like, that sounds pretty fucking cool. You know, like I think I'm going to get the hell away from my parents and I'm going to try that. So they sent me away to school uh, down at the old U of I uh, in Champaign. And um, yeah, represent, go, Illini? Yeah. (laughs) Clearly I was about as into sports as uh, Mr. Shapiro. Uh, Not too important to me. Um, But so my first mission was like, I got to find some acid. And the best place to look in those days was deadheads. Who would have thought? Not ravers, not... I don't know who's got it now, to be honest. But uh, I found a couple who lived on my floor, Pat and Rick, in the dorms. And they got some, a- they got some acid, so uh, we dropped it, and we were like, let's go to the quad, you know? Which is like kind of the best and worst place to go. It's like, we actually... U of I has a very majestic quad. Um, if you have not seen it, it is visible in the film With Honors. Joe Pesci, Brendan Fraser, come on! Real condescending to homeless people and stuff. It's, it's a classic. I am visible in the graduation scene. True. Look, look, look for it next time. I didn't even get paid as an extra. My friends did. They're not visible. I was visible, but I didn't get paid, so that sucked. But it, it, it was supposed to be Harvard or Yale or something. That's how ma- majestic, yeah, the, the quad is at, at U of I. Not the rest of it, really, but that was. And... On acid, it kind of looks like, you know, the Garden of Earthly Delights, Harmonious Bosch, you know that painting? Everything's fractured and evil and fucked up. That's kind of actually how it looked. And we were still laughing like maniacs because the first time I think you try any drug, that's just what happens. You laugh like a maniac. Even pot the first time, I just never happened again, just like the first time. But And then we realized it was orientation day and there were all these families walking around, actually. And I, I think... We definitely killed a few people's, like, chances of going to U of I. Because we were just, like, semi-long hairs laughing and, like, maniacs. And we realized we'd be behind this family looking at us and stuff. But um, then we went to a park and we hung out on this. uh, Oddly, there was three stones in the middle of this park. And we all hung out and had our little spiritual sacred moments or whatever. But, um... Luckily, these were pretty open-minded deadheads, because a lot of them, some aren't. No offense uh, to some. It's just like, you know, that joke. What did the deadhead say after he stopped smoking pot? What's this shitty band? <laughs> you know that one? Yeah. It's an old one. It's an old one. But, like, these guys listen to more stuff. But we did listen to Space. Does anyone know Space. It's just fucking drums for like 20 minutes. And of course, you know, my time perception's all off and we're listening to space and they're like, dude, you gotta hear space. And I was like, no, I'm just not into this. So at that time I was sort of like big into shoegaze. Uh, isn't it, you know, this is 1992. This is the, the heyday. Uh, and I was like, all right, let's, can we put on My Bloody Valentine, Loveless? And, you know, all my friends liked this album. I feel like it was a different time. It was like my goth friends, my industrial friends, my hippie friends, my grunge friends. I was basically a grunger, but um, they all liked it. It's, it was kind of weird. It sort of went across all boundaries. But um, 
I don't know if you guys know the lore of this Loveless. Some of you, you we got some music heads out here, right? They, it took like five years, 10 years to record. They almost bankrupt the label. There's like 50 layers of guitars, no joke. 30 layers of vocals. It's, it's, a, it's a miasma of sound, if you will. And I, I really heard it, you know, listening to it. And I'm probably in a shitty stereo, too, on a CD. Well, you could hear it all. You could hear all the layers. And I remember one of them sort of laying on the bed and making love to the music. You know, he was just in a trance and, like, in the womb and sort of, like, whatever. And it was great for a while. And I got to admit, it sort of became, like, the first music I was, like, really obsessed with. I was a, pretty obsessed with 60s music, but it, I went out and found every band that sounded like My Funny Valentine. Not just like Ride and Slow Dive and shit. We're talking obscure ones, like Fury Things and Fauna and like weird bands. I did like 145. I was obsessed. But, um, and it kind of led me to the whole wall of sound, you know, which all those bands were influenced by. Phil Spector and the Beach Boys and stuff like that. So it, it, was, it was big for me. But about two-thirds through the record, we were kind of like, we're bored. Let's go find some girls. So we like walked to the other side of my dorm floor and we found some girls. And I guess I heard later the guy came out of his little making love to the music trance and was totally freaked because we abandoned him. And he was like, basically had a bad trip and I'm sorry, you know, but. Um, so I'm hanging out in this girl's room and then who appears? Bob Veller. That's right, you don't know who Bob Veller is. But like in fifth grade through junior high, he was like the shit at my school. He was like the sporty kid who could do everything. He played hockey and he was like, you know that King song, David Watts, you know, I wish I could be like David Watts. He's a pure and noble breed. That, that was him, you know? And I don't really know why he talked to me, but um, I guess I was like the kid who could draw. So I, I never got beat up, sorry. Shapiro, you did. I, I never got beat. I could always like kind of like the stoner kids who did kind of want to beat me up. I would like draw Eddie from Iron Maiden, like on a piece of notebook paper for them. They'd leave me alone. It was, it was kind of cool. But um, he just appeared. He, I hadn't seen him since junior high, and uh, he heard I lived on that floor and found me in this girl's room. And he looked real wooden and was like, "Hey." Bob Beller, you know, and I'm here. And it, it completely, I thought it was the most amazing thing, you know, ever, of course. And it was probably completely awkward. And I had to tell him right away I was tripping balls. And I think the conversation was like, so what are you doing besides tripping balls, you know, or whatever? Uh, and I was like, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't even remember the rest of it, which I probably shouldn't uh, if I was there. Um, so, and, and I heard years later, you know, like the end of Stand By Me where Richard Dreyfuss is sort of like going through, what happened to Chris? I heard he stopped a fight in a mall and got killed. It wasn't as bad as that, but he blew out his knee, his hockey career went down and he ended up like coaching at his, you know, like old high school or something. It's a sad tale <laughs> for, uh, Bob Feller, but, um. I guess all I really remember after that is these deadheads had a ritual. There was a bong, which is something I haven't seen really in years. Uh, and they had a ritual where they had a bong water cup 
which was like written all over and like had little swirly designs on it and you had to drink from it. <sighs> yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, I know, I know. But I remember having to do that and it was weird, but I did it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, it really changed how I heard music, the whole experience. Uh, I do remember watching a Creation Records video, My Bloody Valentine's label, and Bobby Gillespie being like, you never hear music the same way again. And it was true. You know, it was something I, I always felt music, but after that I really felt music, and it was something physical and not in the background. And it just changed my perception of things. And uh, I was trying to find this real noble uh, quote by John Coltrane where I think he said he felt connected to all things in the universe when he took LSD. But I couldn't find it. But I found a good one from Bill Hicks. Yeah. Angry-ass comedian, right? You know, like confrontational angry. But it, it just suited so well, so I will, I'll end on this tip. Um, Today, a young man on acid realized that all matter is merely energy condensed to a slow vibration, that we are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. There is no such thing as death. Life is only a dream, and we're the imagination of ourselves. Damn, that's pretty deep. I couldn't have said any better. So, All right, thanks for coming out tonight.
You've been listening to a Chirp Radio podcast of our live storytelling and music series, The First Time. Our storyteller was Steve Krakow, and The First Time 4 performed Swallow by My Bloody Valentine. The First Time 4 is Steve... The First Time 4 is Steve Frisbee, Liam Davis, Gerald Dowd, and Scott Stevenson. To hear more First Time pieces, check out the series' website, firsttime.chirpradio.org. You can find other podcasts produced by the station at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next.